Welcome everyone. I'm Hannah. Rob. And we are the hosts of Forgive and Live, a podcast about spirituality and how to navigate and trust in yourself and in the world around you and and trust in the universe and how to navigate the physical world, the mundane world, the human world, while being these divine essence of pure good. And yeah, we've, we found a way to do that in our own lives and we just absolutely love sharing it. It is fun to share all of my mental space with somebody. I've not been able to share my mental space with anyone for the majority of my life. I'm 51 and I'm an INFJ. And I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but uh, interesting. So I'm this deep thinker that would prefer to Think about how things operate, including my mind and other people. And that is where fun is for me. And so that's not fun for a lot of people. And they don't understand why. And I think when I was a kid and I would try to express myself through the most divine place that I could, that that unique me, I wasn't received very well. And then I learned to take that that deeper me and kind of suppress it and and realize oh i'm the, a weirdo i better not speak from this place anymore so now every time i open my mouth uh, i'm gonna try to think about what i say before i say it so that it's acceptable and so on so someone doesn't think that i'm a weirdo and now being 51 i can express my my weird self and recognize that this weirdness that I have is only weird compared to the world, but it's normal for me. And I choose to operate from this normalcy that I find on the inside of me, whether I'm received well or not. And this podcast is a great place for me to do that. I'm learning to express myself with you, You're seeing my vulnerable and transparent side. I'm seeing yours. We're sharing our headspace and we're learning and growing and doing this in the public's eye. So very cool. Very, very cool. I'm thrilled to be here. I... I think about I've really come to understand what it means to live life from the end. And um, and that plays into this. So, you know, it allows me to express myself from the deepest place and just not not care about what someone else thinks. And I also feel like that empowers the the the, the few of us. I don't know, maybe it's many. It empowers other people to operate from their unique self. Go ahead, be be the weirdo that you've been created to be because uh, weird is different. And as a matter of fact, every single human being on the planet 
has a different fingerprint. So everyone's weird in their own way. Of course. Weird should be replaced by the word perfect. You go with that. I had an image in my head for the longest time of time of what perfect should look like. And it just took me down the wrong path. It really did. I mean, not the wrong path. I totally believe I'm on the right path. 100%. But I really believed for the longest time that every scenario that I encountered, it had to be perfect. Like the, like the, experience of it that I had in my head so like when dad when you said that you would have to like articulate your words to not sound weird I would do very similar I was I was deathly afraid of showing myself at all and my opinion and I felt like I couldn't speak like literally I just felt like I didn't know how to. I didn't I didn't even know how to express myself vocally. I, I had no idea how to do that. And by doing this podcast, I have grown tremendously in my spiritual practice, getting to know myself personally, and being able to express and vocalize my opinions and the things that are uh, close and personal to me is a very freeing experience and I I really love doing this because I feel like I can finally express myself and to do that vocally just puts the cherry on top honestly because I, I I really didn't know how to speak it would just I I was when I was a kid, I was in like speech therapy. I didn't know how to say some of my letters and I was stumbling over words. It just wasn't great. <laughs> um, but I don't regret those past moments for a second. They have made me who I am and they've made me appreciate me and appreciate being able to speak because we take it for granted every single day. The ability to speak. We do. Because we have been given this gift by the universe. We've given this gift to ourselves. We are the universe. And to have an experience like that, I just, as a kid, I feel like it's really made me understand the importance of such a tool. I mean, your vocal cords, they're amazing. I mean, what they can produce, the sound that they can produce is, it's amazing to be able to speak. It really is. It's a blessing. And we need to, you know, understand that and really be grateful for that. But that's my spiel. <laughs> you know, a lot of people forget that, including myself, which is where we came here to express our divine self. And the gift is being able to just breathe, to take a breath to express our voice, to just speak, to see, to smell something. If we're able to see something, that's a blessing, or smell something, or experience life in any way, 
that is the beautifulness. And we learn at a very young age that to take that for granted and to only live in this place of comparisons and judgments and decide that our happiness is based on uh, how we perceive ourselves fitting into the world. And that's a terrible place to operate from. O only recently have I been able to operate my life from a place of sincere acceptance of who I am. I'm enough. And that hasn't always been the case. And there's a shift that happens when you recognize that you're enough. There's a loss of energy that, that says, I always have to achieve and be ready for the next thing. There's mm -hmm. an openness that, that allows me to be completely at peace during this quiet moment. I don't have to overthink or think ahead. I don't have to overdo or do ahead. I don't have to be, you know, it's, it's okay to have a plan of action, a plan B, a reserve parachute, a, a second route. But those things don't take precedence over the acceptance of me being enough. And the old self did that. The old, the old self said, you know, you're not enough until you tackle all of these things. And I never, ever made it to enough when I was under that egoic uh, way of life. No. Same thing with the whole perfect thing for me, you know, scraping. It felt like I was trying to climb a mountain and perfect be on the top of this mountain. And as much as I climbed, I was still on ground level. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's amazing when you can express yourself fully and to really understand who you are and what you put out into this world. Because I feel like everybody is striving for a purpose. You know, as kids, we grow up and we go to school and, you know, crack us with a whip about how, you know, we need to learn American history to become a great leader of God knows what, because we need to go to school to get an education, to become perfect, to become, you know, world leaders of the next generation. And that's just a lot of weight, man. You know, to, to say that you are your generation and to put that, that you know load on a kid is a lot i mean there's a lot of things that we put a load on i'm just explaining one here um and then we we get to high school and then we get to college and we have to have a's and be on honor roll and we we're continuously striving to prove ourselves 
to prove ourselves to ourselves, to prove ourselves to our parents, to our loved ones, to our friends. You don't have to strive to be anything other than you. You do not have to work at being you. You do not have to put effort in in being you. You are already effortlessly you. Already. You know, Dad has said this so many times. You know, we we don't pay for the body that we come in. We're gifted it. That's our gift. Your gift isn't to strive to prove yourself. You've proved yourself worthy enough to choose to come to earth, to really work on the issues, to become a more conscious, a more aware divine soul. That's what we're doing here, man. We're, we're becoming and understanding more of ourselves. And you do not have to prove yourself to do that. You just be you. It took me forever to understand that and to get over that. So I understand that's a pill to swallow. What do what did you want to say, Dad? Living from the center, from the place of peace, doesn't require anything. It it does. There's no judgment. It doesn't require me to compare myself to others. It do, doesn't even require me to decide that I'm enough. It's just living from this center of peace is all there is, and there's no more. There's, it's just, um, I think we lose, I think the, the ego is lost and doesn't, you know, can't even appear when we live from the center. There's no, there's no challenge. Um, I'm, I'm not interested in um, competing. I'm not interested in just very little interest as far as becoming a better person that that doesn't that that doesn't exist. Um, I'm I'm good enough. And yeah. so there there's there's no work to be done um, to be good enough. I just have to quiet the mind when the mind tells me that I'm not good enough or when the mind says, oh, once you tackle this, you will be good enough. I did, neither one of those are true. I can operate from, everyone can operate from a place of absolute peace without any of that mental um, garbage. Yeah, it's really, really pretty amazing. I wanted to talk about emotions for a minute. Yeah. I see emotions when they pop up in the body as um not good or bad. It's it's a release. And some people look out into the world and they say um my coworker makes me mad and then anger comes up or they say uh, you know, my, my parents didn't do a good job and, and anger comes up or they say, I don't have what the other people have. So I'm depressed and feel like a victim. What, whatever it is, 
emotions have two levels to them in, from my perspective. And I can look out into the world and decide any one of those things. I can say my coworker is not treating me well. But the question is, what am I doing to myself? What is going through the inside of my body? So if my coworker is not treating me well and I'm not, my, my blood pressure doesn't raise and my, my you know, I'm, I'm feeling emotions, but they're not consuming me. That's a great place to be. That's okay. That now I'm not affected by my emotions. I'm not going to make rash decisions to, to you know, I'm not going to be in the middle of anger and then make an angry choice. And then there's this other emotion that does take us over. And, oh, you know, you can feel it. It's just raging in the body. You can feel the blood pressure rise. Maybe even get sweat on the forehead. It's just so aggravating. You know, this, this thing just takes over the body. That, to me, is the beginning of when we're aware of it, by the way, not, okay. not just when we're not aware of it. Uh, when we're just completely consumed by it, we're unconscious and acting. But when we finally do get to the point where we're aware of our body's habitual behaviors and this rise in energy comes up inside the body, that to me is time to release that energy. It, it's not actually that there's a problem with the world. It's not actually that the co-worker makes me angry or whatever. The, it's not physically, it's not a physical and tangible problem. It's my interpretation of the physical and tangible. That's the problem. And so I've come to realize that this energy surge that is taking me over has controlled my me and controlled my life for many years and as i see that it dissipates so it it leaves the body that huge energy surge leaves the body and then the next time i'm in that position with that coworker that triggered me say um that energy surge is going to be a little less because i'm aware it's awareness yeah. that makes it go away. And so the third time, a little less. Fourth, fourth time, a little less until it doesn't exist. Most people don't do that. Most people see a situation that triggers them. It's an awful feeling in the body. They're tied to that feeling. And they think the only way that they can get away from that horribleness is to change the physical circumstances in the world. and. If we're being attacked with a guy with a knife, I totally agree. Change the physical circumstances. If we're being abused, um, hurt in any way, yes, change the physical circumstances. But if it's an energy surge in the body that's caused from a fear of speaking in public, which was one of my things, and that's why I joined multiple Facebook groups so that I could put myself into that, those situations more often. Um, I would get sweaty palms and get nervous. But every time I did that, 
that energy surge in my body was less and less. I feel like I was releasing that energy. And now my way of life is twofold. I've I learned something really, really, um, this was profound. I, for the longest time, I don't think I told you about this, but for the longest time, I perceived anything fearful as an opportunity for me to find deep peace. Yes. And so I intentionally put myself in those situations, whether it was someone I didn't like, um, doing, doing something I didn't like, um, in traffic, I, I, you know, the aggravation rises, I'd say, oh, okay, tr tr driving is a place to practice peace. What I didn't realize was that I don't always have to be a, a a guinea pig for this growth. I don't always have to be working on this this spiritual development. I can actually decide many, many times that this particular circumstance, I'm not going to do it. it I, I don't want to practice peace. It's much easier to just navigate away from that and not experience that in my life. And I get to choose which ones of those things I want to learn a lesson from. And I didn't always do that. See, for, for like the past year and a half or two years, uncomfortable situations, I put myself in them intentionally. And I found myself um, forgetting to live, forgetting that I'm uniquely made. And if I look out into, it's like Abraham Hicks talks about that buffet table. And she says, you know, we're all unique. If I don't like mushrooms, why am I going to go over to the mushrooms and eat the mushrooms? Oh, because I want to practice peace? No. There's some things that are okay with not putting myself in that, that triggering moment. And I've, that's really freed me up lately because I'm choosing things that feel good now and rather than working so hard on this spiritual growth. But um, so those were two points I, I wanted to, to bring up. I, I I really love your points, but I, I, I just, I do want to say, when you think you're not working on your spiritual growth, you still are. Every breath you take is you working on your spiritual growth. It doesn't have to, like dad, when he, he, he would put himself in an uncomfortable situation in the physical world. Right? That's a physical experience within the mundane world. But when you come back from that physical experience, when you take a shower that night, when you wash your face and you get into bed and you dream, they are all spiritual experiences. And they are all spiritual awakenings. They're all shifts. We are shifting every breath we take. We are moving forward for some it's going to look like you're moving backwards but i totally believe you're still moving forward and it's okay to put yourself in those physical situations and you know t 
test your limits and really say, okay, what is my body feeling right now when I'm in this uncomfortable situation? But it's also okay just to allow yourself to take a shower and still understand you're a divine being that's going through a physical experience, spiritual experience while taking a shower. You're working on being divine and human at the same time every second of your life. I just wanted to point that out. Practicing presence, presence of mind, peace in the now. Presence of being too. Not just the mind, but also being of your physical being, of your physical aroundings, of your energetic field. It's all of it. But yeah. Pretty cool. How do you raise your frequency? Raising my frequency is by, for me, for one, it's being aware of it, but it's by doing my passion doing the things that I love to do, doing things that divinely make me happy. It is a natural vibrational razor. I think it's the easiest way to do it. If, if, it, if it's meditation and it's finding that, that still peace, like dad talks about, absolutely, that's another way. Um, trying to think of other ways. And actually... Putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and working on your spiritual journey is you raising your vibration. You're doing it constantly, but in a, but drastically in a concentrated time, I would say meditating or doing a spiritual practice, whether it chanting, meditating, breath work, um, any of those things, but I also believe it's also in your creative nature. It's who you're meant to be when you go into that gamma frequency in your brain when you're in a channeling state you're literally channeling the universe through you you're channeling your higher mind when you're in gamma frequency which is a higher level of consciousness and you do that by being creative by tapping into that creative energy that divine energy that's you so for me recently it's been drawing it's been poetry i've found a love in the kitchen I meal prep every weekend. I make, I meal prep lunch and dinner for my week. And I make sure my kitchen is clean on that weekend. I make sure all of my dishes are done and I have a clean kitchen to start out my, a fresh week. And some weeks, trust me, it's harder than others. I'm not perfect. But for me, that is another divine thing for me. Having my kitchen clean, having my space organized, that's a, vibrational razor right there for me doing creative things like that you know going out in nature that's that's a big one I've always loved the earth I've always said I'm an earth advocate I love going on hikes I love connecting with the trees and the nature spirits and I draw I cook I write poetry Oh, listening to music, dancing, all of those things are are definitely my divine creativity. And that's how I do it. 
Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> I feel like putting you on the spot. I feel like asking more questions. Go for it. I'm I, down. Where do you see yourself in five months from now? Here. Five years. Here. Five years? Now. Five years from now? Ten years from now? A hundred years from now? Now. Right now. Nowhere else. There's no other now from now there's no other future from future now here got another question i like this i like this interrogation <laughs> um i don't i don't have another question i don't care what my life looks like seriously like i i really realized this week i i did a lot of deep work this week and i realized i don't care where i am man i really don't i i know who i am i know who the universe is i've i've figured this shit out man i really have and I am perfectly imperfect, and I am sitting here saying I have bad days and good days, but both of those are good days, in my opinion. And I don't know where I'm going to be, and I I really am okay with that. I I was really, really trying to morph my life physically. I was trying to, you know get these gears to move in a certain direction because that's the way I thought I was supposed to go. And God almighty, I just, it's exhausting. And I don't know. I work above minimum wage job and I live in a one bedroom apartment in an area I really don't like. My apartment, I don't like I I love my apartment. I I love the fact that I am so grateful for where I am that I have a roof over my head and that I have heat and electricity and hot water and don't get me wrong, I am so unbelievably grateful for everything that I have. But you know, I want a bigger kitchen. <laughs> if I could have anything, I would love a spot where I could garden and I could cook my own food. I love eating plant-based. I do eat meat, but I absolutely love eating plant-based. I think my body really, really loves it. All of that um, life force energy in those, those, those real um, alive foods. And I would absolutely love a bigger kitchen where I could meal prep more. And I could have a space of my own and I could go out to the garden and get my own food and then cook it. And it just, and I would love to eventually be able to do that for my family, you know, to actually grow it from the start and then put it to plate and know that my, my partner and my kids have food that is incredibly healthy, homegrown and that I could make it from my hands, you know? I, I just think that's absolutely beautiful and a really beautiful gift. And eventually that's where I would like to get. But, yeah. That's kind of... What's, what's your take on fasting? You talk about eating a lot of healthy foods. Do you believe in fasting? I believe anything that your body wants 
do it. If that means fasting, absolutely. If that means keto, go for it. If that means strictly only meat diet, go for it. Over in Europe, all they eat is meat and beer. That's how they roll, you know? So I seriously think it's, there's not an exact science. Our bodies are made to be different. That's why the universe made it this way. So I think fasting is great. Um, For me, it doesn't work for me. It's not how my body rolls. Um, I wake up in the morning and I have a high metabolism and low blood sugar. So for me, I need to eat. Um, I used to not always be like that. Uh, When I was in Vegas and growing up, I couldn't eat in the morning for at least an hour to two hours. Um, Now I eat a massive breakfast that really, really fuels my morning and I absolutely love it and my body really enjoys it. So fasting, I think it is a wonderful tool, tool for the bodies that really enjoy that type of technique of eating. I think it really just depends on what your body wants. And that's kind of like trial and error, figuring out what your body really needs. You know, when you, especially after, um, if you do like a cleanse and you really cleanse your body from toxins and anything like that, especially if you didn't always eat the greatest, you know, your body is going to go through these changes and so is your metabolism and your digestive system. And you need to actually go with the flow of what your body needs. and. Once you come out the other side of that, you're going to be craving different foods at different times. Your body is going to work differently. So it's really trial and error about what works for you. I don't think it's an exact science. Spirituality isn't an exact science either. Christ, it's not even a science. (laughs) You know, it's really not. So I just, I think it's just more developed for the person. Whatever works for you, do it. I I think fasting for sure has health benefits for the bodies that, like you had said, you know, yeah. if, if, if you don't have issues with low blood sugar, you're not going to pass out. Obviously, <laughs> fasting is good. But I, I think it's also good for the mind. I for um, not control of the mind. I don't like the word control, but along those lines, you know, if you're fasting, you your body is saying, I have a desire and the witnessing presence is learning to separate. And it's saying, I am not the body and I will delay the food for however long. What, what whatever's comfortable. Yep. But I, I think that is mental training. It is. It is. But it's, it's not it's not developing willpower. It's developing the separation between the witnessing presence and the body so that so that the person's not sitting there going, I'm so hungry. I'm so the, the person's sitting there going, Oh look at that. The body is hungry. Yeah. And first you have to realize that you're living in your body. 
that was my biggest thing. I was, I, I just, obviously I had this body since birth and I just, just, I thought it was kind of like a robot. It wasn't really alive. It was here for my use. I could make my fingers and my hands move and that's, I could use the body. So that was it. So for me, I had to understand that my body is important and kind of have a separation there in the beginning and then become that, that, like you say, that witnessing presence to what my body actually wants. Cause I lived off of bagels and cream cheese, um, for three years and my body was screaming at me to give me nutrients. It was terrible. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're going to learn through your, your spiritual development and all of that other things, your body's going to change. Your body naturally changes after a certain amount of years. Anyways, you, as you progress in age, your body does change and you have to allow that change to change to progress and, you know, fuel your body with what you really need. My metabolism has slowed down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You say the body will change. My body yeah. has definitely changed. Yeah. Some of it is due to the fact that I do a lot of meditation and I've I've slowed my mind down in some ways. And so my my mind is not, you know, telling me to do these all of these activities that are useless, they're, they're worrisome activities. Oh, go out and tackle this or tackle that when I'm afraid to be with my quiet mind. So sometimes, you know, that happens or did happen. Um, and so now my mind, I'm, I'm sitting with my mind and through all of its weird variations and thoughts, and there's very little for me to, you know, I could tell the difference between a divine thought and a habitual thought. And I, I don't have this, this desire to go tackle things as much as I used to. And that's not to say that I'm lazy. I'm, I'm, I'm not a lazy person. I, I go to the gym and I hike the, the mountain and, and do quite a few things. But, um, I think it plays in, I think metabolism actually plays in with brain activity as well. It does. Yeah, it does. And your, your brain and your gut are connected by your, uh, cerebral, no, can't think of the word, but it runs down the base of, uh, well, it runs kind of like down your, it does run down your spine. Um, it literally connects your head to your gut. And within your gut is where your microbiome lives. So you have bugs that are within your um, microbiome. So your stomach and your colon and your intestines. And if you do not nourish them, they will die. And them dying is literally your metabolism changing. And it's sending signals to your brain that they're literally dying and you become depressed. It is a direct link. You can literally kill the bugs inside of you. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's science that prove literally what you are is what you eat. It's it's a direct link. I've been doing a lot of salads lately. Salads, yes. Lots of high protein. Yeah. So chicken, add chicken, uh, like a Caesar dressing or an oil and vinegar, um, but light foods. I used to eat heavy foods all the time. There, Back in the day, I would have, I could eat like a pound of pasta. I know that sounds crazy, but now yeah. I barely ever have uh, low carbs, not, not a lot of carbs. It's just a little bit of carbs and mainly high protein and lettuce and um, fruits and vegetables. I had a papaya last night. Oh, yum. I I don't know that I've ever cut one of those open myself. That was... Aren't they gorgeous? Delicious. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, my diet's very light. My metabolism barely is rolling. It's... um, it's interesting. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of changes now that I'm 51. It's just uh, a, a lot of bodily changes for me. Mental, uh, I feel like it's all together. You know, it's aging. It's the normal aging process. Yeah. But I also feel like because I don't let my mind just roll wherever it wants to roll and drag me around with it, um, I have a slower metabolism for that reason, too. Totally. Yeah, I get that. And I, you know, when I ate like shit, I felt like shit. I, I always do. And I really, really prioritize um, eating correctly and, you know, getting the correct nutrients. And I, I would say that my um, plate is pretty much equal. Like I have equal amounts of of veggie, you know, and greens with carbs and protein. I would say probably protein's my highest source, but I'm really I tr- I actually really kind of keep them level. Like I know like the 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 plate chart that um Michelle Obama made, you know, the 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 veggies and the fruit are a little smaller portions than the protein and the carbs are. And I really try to balance that out because my body definitely does uh, crave um, a lot of fruits and veggies as much as it does protein. But that's kind of how my body rolls. I do know I'm going to butcher his name. He's Egyptian. His name is... Dr. Something Kareem? Ed, 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 something Kareem. He made, he literally made a new science. This man is like a genius. Um, He went to, he actually uh, graduated from like a high level school in Zurich, Switzerland, which is like a very high end place in Switzerland. It's like one of the most uh expensive places and it's called bio biogeometry and he uses shapes and 
um, the electromagnetic field of the earth. And he uses shapes that he literally creates. He literally made a new science. This man is a genius. And he actually, so there was a town, I want to say in Switzerland or France, I can't, Switzerland. And the Swiss government asked him to help them cure their people. They were having, something was happening and they were getting, the people were getting Hamburg. The people were getting sick. They were getting epilepsy. Like all of these, these physical anomalies were happening. And the Swiss government asked him to help, like, if there was anything he could do to cure these people. And he used the electric magnetic field of the earth with grounding techniques to, he says, connect higher dimensions with ours, aligning them with these shapes that he creates. And he put them on these towers that were already around the city in Hamburg. They were like, I don't know if they're like felt telephone poles or what they were. He called them something specific, but they were obviously a, a, a structure that was already there. And he put them on these poles and people were cured. Mm. And then it ha- apparently it started happening again in another place in Switzerland. And he was going to go fix that. And then COVID-19 hit and he hasn't gone back out. But like the Swiss government asked him to go cure people. And he did with shapes. Like, what? Wow. Yeah. So was there real science behind that? Or was that some weird placebo effect? No, there apparently there's, 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 total scientific proof he literally made a science it, it it is known as a scientific study it's real yeah. yeah it's called bio uh biogeometry i'm not surprised i remember when wayne dyer said that um if somebody told him that a crystal chair would cure hemorrhoids. He said he'll be the first person to line up and sit on a crystal chair. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's true. It. If we think it will work, it will. So if there's healing in shapes and geometry, then uh, there is. Well, there is sacral geometry, but that's a whole nother discussion. But that's pretty cool too. Like where all the mandalas come from, from Buddhism and India, and it's pretty cool. That's part of Reiki, isn't it? Sacral kind of conversation words. Yeah, it's it's it all originated in the same origin. So it's a lot of the same, but sacral geometry is more rooted in a little bit of science. Um. But they, they they talk about, like, the human tree of life and the Merkaba and a whole other scientific studies that I find quite interesting. But, you know. Hmm. 
Well, that concludes this episode of Forgive and Live. As usual, it's a pleasure to share my mental space with yourself and the rest of the world, Hannah. It was fun. It was fun. It was. I enjoy all of our episodes and I do look forward to doing these. And, you know, I, I, this podcast has, has made me want to continue my spiritual journey when it was a little bit of a struggle for me in the beginning and it was a constant for me. And I'm really appreciative that I have this because it's been a great spiritual growth for me. It's a great growth just personally, just me. Um, and yeah, I'm glad everybody's along for the ride, but I hope everyone has a safe and happy week and we will see everybody next time.